there is only one true way to be enlightened and entertained with the best sports knowledge. That way is the American way. Welcome to the American Way podcast. Here's your host, Amir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome welcome back again today. We have our guest, uh, Vince Wright, joining us. And uh, we got some, some uh, Minnesota sports action to break down and talk just a lot, about a lot of topics uh, happening around us today. Uh, Vince, how are you doing on this fine day? You have you 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 uh, reopening that MySpace account, that Think.com account with all that's going on, I imagine? Right, yeah, exactly. We got to get the MySpace account uh, back. Uh, what up, everybody? Uh, honored to be on with Amir here. I am Vince Wright, the sports governor. I am the host of the Sports Done Right podcast, which you can find on most major streaming services. And yeah, just honored to, to be here with you, my man. Excellent. Thanks again for hopping on. It's, see, I always, I always appreciate your your insights and your takes. So it's always, it's just a pleasure to have you on as always. Uh, Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I think, I think in general, I think in terms of the sports landscape, I think a lot of people and myself included are just a bit down on this particular Monday. Is that, is that fair to, fair to assume? I mean, it seemed like it's one of those classic games, like yesterday's game. It's like one of those classic games against the Bears that like, Low scoring and they let you back in the game and you can never take advantage. So I don't know. I feel like both both our beloved Gophers and the Vikings are both enigmatic. Was the key word I used with a mutual friend? I'm curious what your thoughts are uh, on this um, Monday I, afternoon. I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Sorry, I'm turning the phone volume down here so those <laughs> notifications don't bug us here. But yeah, uh, very good way to describe it, Amir. You know, starting with the Vikings yesterday. Um, you know, Cleveland just has a very good defense that really showed up yesterday. I think that um, in in this loss, that's kind of getting lost in the in the news. There is that this Cleveland defense is no joke. Um, Dave Van Clowney, the rest of the guys over there, they are a top notch, top five defense in the NFL. And yesterday, they showed what they could do, and that is shut down the Vikings. Um, once again, we had you know the offensive line had issues and. That then transfers into Kirk Cousins having issues because I think Kirk Cousins is one of those guys where he, he needs, you know, a lot of time, a lot of protection because if he's able to feel protected, so to speak, Amir, he, he is a much better quarterback. Now, yesterday he's on the wrestle. Obviously, he had probably, you know, the worst game he's had in a long time. But don't forget about that Cleveland defense, my friend. They were just phenomenal yesterday. Absolutely, Miles Garrett was having a day. I mean, he had a. I after last week's last week's game against Chicago, and like you knew coming in, he was gonna have a big game. And yeah, just the, the over the offensive line just seems a bit overwhelmed by that entire Cleveland front. What one thing that about Cousins and I know everyone was uh, he had a great first month and talking about him, but 
he he just never does well when he's under a lot of pressure. And I felt like that sort of uh, it sort of exclaimed the whole game yesterday. That's he yeah. the first the first drive was so easy breezy, and then I think I think what sort of got them off helter skelter a bit was just the time of possession battle. That for thirty minutes they had, they had the ball for like three three out of thirty minutes after the first drive. And then he, he sort of was off his game. Well, right, and exactly. And that's, that's the thing, you know. I mean, obviously any coach should tell you is going to say, well, obviously if there's pressure, the quarterback's not going to do well. But just they weren't at, they just could not get a flow going after that first drive, which, like you said, was just a phenomenal opening drive, probably the best opening drive the Vikings have had, you know, in recent memory. Uh, to come out, put those plays together, march right down the field on this top five defense, by the way. And then after that, nothing. You know, so you got to, I guess you give Cleveland credit on the sense that they obviously made some adjustments, made some different calls. Um, maybe we didn't on the offensive side of the ball. And then our defense is gassed because, honestly, they're out there, but they only held, you know, they held them to 14 points. So, you know, normally – if I tell you your defense is going to hold the opponent to 14 points, that's a pretty good day. But, you know, yesterday 14 points was enough to win. And, you know, here we are at 1-3. Um, you know, I know we were 1-3 before when we made the playoffs. But this is just not an encouraging uh, factor moving forward that we just can't seem to get enough done to get these games in hand. You're absolutely right. And I know that, that the year you're referring to, we had a dominant defense that year. I think one of the, the, the latest Ring of Honor member from yesterday inducted, he was a part of that defense. But so it just seems like this year, even in the game against Seattle, just the four games, that it, none of the, the three units just have never all performed well. It's always something. Either the offense plays really well and gets 30 points, and then the defense uh, plays terribly. Then you had yesterday, the defense actually fared pretty well. They they gave up some big running plays, but overall they played really well. Yet the off- offense couldn't come through. So it's just it's just frustrating that frustrating that through the first month that the three units have not been able to perform well at the same time. I I totally agree with you. Um, they haven't been able to put together the complete game. And it was disappointing because yesterday, you know, like we said, we hold this offense, by the way, to these 14 points. Uh, Baker Mayfield has arguably maybe the worst game he's had in recent memory. And it just wasn't enough to get that W, man. So it's just real disappointing. Um, We have the NFL lifeblood Detroit Lions coming to town next week. But, you know, there's been times where Detroit has upset our apple cart as well. So we can't even necessarily assume a victory there as well so you know the vikings have just got to find a way uh this offensive line amir um you know they they do good they they you know that's the proverbial they take one step forward two steps back it seems and you know i'm I'm an older guy here you can see with these grays on the video but you know i come from a line where we had those stellar offensive lines back in the day and players like you know tim Irwin and guys like that randall mcdaniel and all these uh all-star and and some NFL Hall of Famers, and we just cannot figure it out. We we do this patchwork where we're switching guys, we're switching them in positions, left tackle to right guard, right guard to left tackle, things like that, and I think that's kind of biting us in the butt as well. 
Yeah, and I, I, and I wonder if next week they just because he was active yesterday, but I wonder if next week they just put Derisaw in and just give him a shot. I mean, it wouldn't have made sense either way yesterday. I know they only played him on special teams, but it wouldn't have. I don't think it would have mattered who played at left tackle against Garrett and Garrett and Connie are just that good. But I think the, against Detroit, now like you said, they could lose. But a, a wise man by the name of Darren Wolfson once said. It's the Lions, so it is the it is it is the Lions. Right, exactly. You know, like like I said, the the NFL's like, look, the Lions are just gonna find a way to be the Lions and lose a game and you know blow a lead or whatever. And you know, I, I know that's the popular thinking here, but you know, Minnesota football. We'll, we'll delve into the Gophers here in a second, but you know. Games just you can't just write them off this year with the Vikings or Gophers, man. And um, so, should they win next week? Of course they should. They are the better team. They're better team on paper. And and even if Dalvin Cook isn't in there, um, we obviously you know you got Madison back there. We got some other players. So the the running game should be sufficient to at least carry forward. I mean, obviously you don't replace a Dalvin Cook, but man. If, if you can't come out with a, with a victory at home against Detroit next weekend, it is going to be, you know, we think Facebook and, and all these apps are tripping out today because Facebook and everything is down. You wait if the Vikings lose this game next week there, Amir. It is. Absolutely. And hell on social media and Vikings fan lines and everything else. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely. And that's, I, it's, I'm, I'm worried. I mean, I, I will admit I'm just, I, I'm on eggshells a little bit here. Uh, moving on, you said the Gophers, and they they had a really good win on Saturday. But even in the wins, just to see it, and I, I before the season, I thought they would win nine, ten games. But just the whole year, it's the same like the Vikings, just but for different reasons. That they're just watching the games, are, it's frustrating. And I love the team, and I love the players and the coaches, but it just seems like it's not clicking and. They're depending more on their defense, which is good, but it just seems like we said with the Vikings. It seems like it's just very frustrating to watch at times. Don't you agree? Well, well yeah, I think with the Gophers, obviously, and I mean, you're you're on Twitter and you see it and you watch the games. Everybody is just really perplexed right now with PJ Fleck and the offensive coordinators play calling. Um, you know, all these runs up the middle, just being very, very predictable. No, and, and I think the other part of this is we are now realizing we're coming down off that 2019 high of the 9-2 and two season and realizing that we lost NFL talent. I mean, Rashad Bateman, you know, Johnson, you know, they're receivers in the NFL now. Um, obviously, we've seen what uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. is doing. Um, we lost some real key people. And the other part that's kind of scaring us is we've been told in terms of the offense and defensive lines this year that these, look, this is an NFL quality line, so to speak. We have some real talent here. And, Amir, I mean, you've seen me on Twitter. You, you see me in my front row seats. I'm, I'm looking at this offensive line of Minnesota towering and, and, you know, really being much larger human beings than the defensive lines they're facing, and they just – can't consistently block and that's kind of scary the defense is now heating up a little bit after a slow start there defensive line getting to the quarterback a little bit there 
And, you know, Purdue, I get it. It was raining and, and everything else, and, and I understand that. But, man, they got the win, Amir. But people are still really just kind of like, I don't know. And honestly, not the rest of their schedule. Um, those games are not give me's either. I don't care if it's Illinois. Um, I, I don't know. I can't remember if Rutgers is on the schedule or, or whatever. But, I mean, all of a sudden now, each and every game moving forward for the Gophers, you talk about being on eggshells. Um, it's going to be real interesting because you have Nebraska coming up here um, in a week from Saturday. The Gophers are off this Saturday. So they have some time to kind of rethink things and maybe see if any substitutions are needed in places. But Amir, if Nebraska, you know, coming off a big win, for them anyway, over Northwestern, and Northwestern's trash, but they did what you're supposed to do with trash teams, and that's kill them, you know. So they come up here, let's say they pull off the upset or just put in a very, very good showing against Michigan next week. Man, you better believe it's it's on and their fans are going to be up here. And the Gophers, I'm telling you, Amir, the Gophers better be prepared for that game because they dropped that one in Nebraska. Who knows what's going to happen? Exactly. But, see, I, I just want, uh, knowing, uh, knowing uh, the defense and how uh, how they're prepared, I feel like the, against Nebraska and Maryland might be easier just because of the style of quarterbacks that both teams employ. That you have a, a Nebraska with Martinez and Maryland hey, can with... I, can, I, can I say something about Martinez, my friend? And I'm sorry, I didn't, want to, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no problem. Martinez, who has been a disappointment, you know, in the, in the totality of his career, so to speak, Still gives us fits at times. You know, I was down in Nebraska two, three years ago and watched what he did to us down there. We have trouble with mobile quarterbacks. He's not the best mobile quarterback out there, but he still got speed. You know, you, you got them kind of gaining confidence now. And like I said, depending on how they play again next week, you know, it may not be the, the Adrian Martinez that we're used to seeing. And I'm not saying Martinez is going to come in here and light it up, but I – I think, you know, if they can't figure out a way to kind of contain him and his running ability, it could be a very long night at the uh, Huntington Bank Stadium. It could, and it could, and I just, I guess just that, I guess I meant in the past years, obviously we've had fits. I feel like this, the current, the current defense, they seem, I, I just have more confidence that they can contain God, uh, Martinez and contain a Tago Vailoa, uh, whereas uh, they they would they they this current iteration of the defense would more struggle versus a pure pocket passer. They don't don't get me wrong. I mean, like they'll they'll have issues with mobile no, quarterbacks, that's, that's but fair, yeah, that's no definitely a fair point there. And I think by the way, if the if the defense, let's say they do shut down Nebraska offensively, then that is a very fortunate sign that we can take this and build it up. Because obviously, you know, we know, even though Wisconsin's down right now, we know what the end of our schedule looks like. You got the, you know, the 800, the 800 pound gorilla in the room right now, which is Iowa. And if we can start building some confidence as we're getting towards those big games, you know, maybe we can pull off um, that upset of Iowa and, and, you know, take down Wisconsin. And boy, that wouldn't that be nice to do something like that in the same year? Beat both of those teams and take those trophies home. It absolutely would. I don't. I don't even know when the last time they they won both games in the in the same year. Jeez, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, we'd have to look that up, man. I I cannot remember either. And you know, obviously we don't play Michigan like we used to anymore. But 
you know, they even you throw in the big, the big brown uh, jug, or excuse me, little brown jug, and you know, it's it's been pretty desolate here in terms of trophy games, and that's the other thing PJ has got to do to progress this program, Amir. He's got to start winning uh, these big rival games consistently. Absolutely, and I think. I think the what what's what was so frustrating is even though that in the two losses there's like the opposite spectrum that's because I predicted before the first game I said they could beat Ohio State, and they were fairly close to it and like Ohio State and now they lost to Oregon but down the road that they, they're still a really good offense and and they almost won that game and then you look at just the way they played and against the two MAC teams Akron uh Akron and uh. Sorry, forgive me. Miami, Ohio, Miami, Ohio, and then uh, and then the the loss to Bowling Green. You know, like, is this the same team? So it's just, it's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's what makes it so hard, Amir, because you don't know right now what you're gonna get week to week. I mean, this is a team that goes out to Boulder, Colorado, shuts down a Power Five conference team, and I, you know, I get it. Colorado's not going to the Rose Bowl or anything, but still, to go on the road, Power Five shut them out, by the way, in their house, uh, and then to obviously come to the next week in that horrendous Bowling Green game, then into the Purdue game where, I get it, the weather played a factor, but still, just, you know, we we get we got the win, we did enough to win, and sometimes that's how it's going to be done, but man, yeah, there's still a lot of questions to be answered here, and, you know, like I said, PJ's got some time to sit down and think about it we got some time to kind of get these players rested up anybody that's that's injured um you know trey potts has an issue going on right now where he's in the hospital back in indiana we wish him well um you know they didn't have dylan wright for personal reasons um an ex-teammate of his got killed and he went back home to uh, support uh the team and the, and the teammates family and stuff like that so we will hopefully have those players back with us in a couple weeks um, but it's it's just rough because you don't know what you're getting, and you know right now I was running away with it, but you know there's still a lot of hurdles ahead of us because let's say Maryland comes in here and and, and is you know able to get a win or you know Illinois even, I mean that really is just gonna send people to to the to the exits, and you know another brief point that I wanted to to, to hit on is we finally have the students showing up. You know, that student section has been filled for all these home games and props to them. I would really hate to see that momentum slide as well because that's a huge part of that home field advantage and atmosphere is looking up and not having those empty seats at the far end of the stadium. Oh, uh, you're, you're right. I mean, uh, just having having the, the having the students there, uh, I myself, a former one, just having the students there, giving them support, that's, that's great. Um, you're right. I uh, want to wish uh, Trey well and uh, Dylan Dylan well. Don't want to don't want to speculate on Trey. Uh, like I saw the same reports you did. It sounds like a uh, right. He had interesting enough. Actually, two former teammates who both were killed. So that's really sad. So, we'll, so we'll see if they we'll see we'll see if they come if they can play in a couple weeks. But I think you're right. I think they would they need to build some momentum. I think. There's a possibility they can win, and it's a, a a parallel between the Gophers and Vikings. Sort of, is they're both in this little stretch. They could possibly make it build momentum, but you want you want to be careful. 
to not not lose that momentum. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. When did you... What was sort of the monumental moment or event that sort of uh, built built your love and admiration for sports and sort of helped helped your rise to the role as governor of Minnesota sports, if you will? <laughs> just like everybody else, Samir, I, I just grew up loving sports. You know, um, I played a little bit of football in, in, in high school. I actually only played a year in high school, you know. But, you know, Park League Baseball, I grew up in South Minneapolis, so the Park Leagues are kind of how you come up through uh, those uh, days back in the 80s and whatnot when I was a kid in South Minneapolis. So I just grew up, you know, my dad's from the the Pittsburgh area, so growing up with uh, my dad and his family, loving those classic Steeler teams, Terry Bradshaw, Mean Joe Green, all that really got my love for football. And back when the Vikings were dominating the old, uh, you know, NFC I don't know, North or Central, whatever the heck it was called back then. Um, you know, Purple People Eaters, Tommy Kramer, Frank Tarkenton, Ahmad Rashad, and, you know, into the 80s and all this. Um, that's, I just always loved sports. I always played, all my friends have played and loved sports, you know, so I mean, I'm nothing really out of the ordinary. And now being in this digital era where obviously we all can uh, do our, our podcast and our shows and have our own platforms, um, about five and a half years ago, decided on the advice of some, some other people that I used to be a guest on their show, they were like, hey, you should be doing your own show. So after tinkering, tinkering around with it, keeping the focus mainly on Minnesota sports, kind of upper Midwest, Big Ten country, because a lot of the people I got started with in the podcast industry are from the South, so I get a lot of SEC stuff from them. Um, you know, we came up with sports done right, and we've been here for, like I said, about five and a half years. And, you know, things are really going good. Uh, need to get out more shows, but unfortunately, real life kind of gets in the way at times. I know you know how that is. But that's how I kind of got into it, just really growing up a kid that loves sports. All sports, too. Absolutely. And I, I love your show, and obviously, I've I've been following your rise, and just it's just great to see. So... It's great that see. I think sports are sports are just great. I mean, even though they they might put us in bad moods or, they they might sometimes elicit negative feelings. Sports is it's just something great that to just to just follow sports and just have something to have something to uh to stimulate our minds. That's why I just I love I love sports because it can capture your imagination if you uh, sort of. Whether you're playing it or observing it. Yep, I totally agree with you, my friend. I mean, look, it's brought us together. I mean, think of, you know, we we talk about, you know, and especially with today and everything that's going on, all the bad stuff with social media and then whatnot. But, you know, I've started to meet a lot of really just cool people, sports fans, Vikings fans, whatever fans like yourself, um, other people that we interact with on Twitter. And that's the good thing. And that's what sports has done, too, because that's what it always does. It brings people together. You know, um, after 9-11 happened, when the Yankees and the Mets came back and started playing in New York and everybody was there, you know, all this stuff, it, sports is always the common denominator that helps bring all kinds of races, all different walks of life, all different skin colors together for that common goal of rooting for our team. And, you know, that's what sports will always do. That's why it was so important 
for fans to be back in the stands. I mean, look at look at these stadiums. I mean, look at the Vikings stadium yesterday, the energy in there, um, at least at the beginning of the game. But, um, you know, same at TCF Bank when Ohio State came back and the, the tailgate lots and all this, man. So that's what sports is, and that's what we need to remember. Yeah, it, you know, we, we have our interest, and, and these Vikings drive us crazy. The Timberwolves drive us crazy, whatever it is. But, you know, it also brings us together. And like I said, I've been able to meet yourself and a lot of cool people, um, you know, through social media, all because of our love for sports. You're exactly right. The same. I'm the same way. That I love it, and I love it is sports, and that it's allowed me to meet so many great people like yourself, like so many others, and it's a it's a love hate relationship just because sometimes it it's it's like it's like a family sort of. It's like the relationship with sports is like a family. It's like sometimes they get they get on your nerves, and but it, it you're 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 right. It is it is a, a uniting factor. That I I can't imagine how many. How many people, including yourself, just how many hundreds of people have been able to interact with on social media just out of the pure shared love of sports? It's incredible. I think, I think, I think the Minnesota, I think just the Minnesota fans in general were very united. I think like there are other other towns and other fan bases that are really great, but just from my observation of it being in the belly of the beast, though I think it's just. The organization and just the the unity of the of the fan base uh, here in Minnesota is really really impressive. Well, I couldn't have said that any better myself. You know, when I travel and you know, originally I'm from Chicago, even though I grew up here in the Twin Cities. But you know, I would go back and see my Chicago family and you know, just my dad's family in Pennsylvania, and you know, just friends around the country that don't really think of the Vikings and their fan base. You know, we are an underrated fan base. Um, I don't know if that's just because people think of Minnesota in winter all the time and don't really think about us, but we know what the Vikings fan base is. Uh, Long-suffering, but they're, they're there in the end. Look, that stadium's filled every weekend that they play at home when you let fans in. So, you know, the fan base is, is not the problem. The fan base, this is a Viking state. You know, and we're saying this, you know, the Wild call themselves the state of hockey. Um, you know, the Twins have been here since the late 60s, but this is a Vikings town, so to speak. And, you know, you see it in Twitter, you see it in just your everyday, you know, when pre-COVID, when you be back at your office, you know, on Mondays talking about the games with people, the passion, the heartache. So, you know, we may not be the most well-known fan base, but we're definitely up there with all the best. And, you know, the Vikings fans have nothing to be sorry about. Um, you know, just go walk through the tailgate lots on a beautiful fall day like yesterday. Um, you know, the Vikings fans represent, so props to them. You're absolutely right. Uh, let's, go, let's get to the real reason I wanted to have you on, sir. Talk about yeah. your grilling prowess. You're following you on social, following on you, following you on social media. I see the videos. I see everything. Just here, give us, give us the tricks of the trade. Come on, but how do you make? How do you make the? How do you make it just look so effortless and so good, so delicious? Oh, Tell us. Why? Thank you, my friend. Um, and then we gotta get you over for some ribs too. Um. You know, I like everybody else that messes around with their smokers and stuff. You just get out there and you start tinkering with stuff and, you know, figuring out rubs and spices and, you know, hopping on YouTube and picking up tricks of the trade. 
And honestly, Amir, I don't do anything that anybody else who takes smoking seriously doesn't do. The, the thing with a good barbecue is it takes time. So whether you're smoking ribs, you're smoking a brisket, a pork butt, uh, whatever, I mean, it just takes time. So a lot of people don't want to put in that time effort. If I come to you and say, hey, um, yeah, we're going to do a brisket, but you got to smoke it for 18 to 22 hours. You know, a lot of people don't want to deal with that. So you just got to be, you got to be patient. You got to study. You got to deal with a lot of stuff. And it'll all just come together, man. Um, I think really the secret to, to my ribs is the dry rub that I use. Um, I use um, a couple different flavors, two or three different rubs. That um, I, I got one that I use as kind of the base, and then I got one or two that I'll kind of tinker with, you know, put a, just a dash on, and that gives it a really good flavor. And, you know, a lot of people don't even use sauce for my ribs. I don't sauce them when I'm smoking them, and a lot of people just go right on the bone because the dry, the dry rub I use has so much flavor in it. And then I do, I, what I do is I keep what I call sauce on side. Um, SOS. Mm. I do have sauces that I keep when I have people over. Um, a few different flavors, a hot one. Um, I got a real nice kind of apple mixed one, a raspberry mixed barbecue sauce. So we got a few different flavors that are there for people to tinker around with if they do want sauce on the ribs as well. Absolutely. So then do you have the same process depending on for all your meats? Or is your rib, are your rib? So you have the you have the rubs for the ribs, but like is it a similar process for the rest of the meats that you do or? Do you, well, it, for or, the most part, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, whether you're gonna do a brisket, you're gonna do a you know what I call a good brisket rub, which is more of a salt and pepper based type of rub. Um, but yeah, I, I use the same rub on my pork butt. Um, so when I'm making a pulled pork, with you know that's ultimately what a pork butt's gonna turn into is just pulled pork. So that I have have kind of the same flavor but yeah i mean you know different strokes for different folks like uh my mom and, and other people they like more of a spicy rib so sometimes you know we look go for a little rub that has a little more heat but uh for the most part i do a low and slow kind of a sweet based uh dry rub and that's usually what you're seeing when you're seeing me on, on social media posting those things well it looks whatever it is it, it looks really good i mean just Hey man, we got you covered. Whenever you want some, or and we'll get you over to the next rip fest party as well. Um, so yeah, I appreciate the love, man. We just got to get some in your mouth now. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a carnivore. I mean, I I will admit, I will admit to full disclosure on the podcast. I I don't eat pork, but like of all like all the other all the other animals, like I'm the okay. I'm, I'm what you call an I. I I call myself an omnivore because I like to make myself sound healthier than I am. But it's, I mean, let's hey, just be let's just man. let's just be honest. We're all carnivores. We will definitely do some beef ribs for you. Um, we got plenty of good steaks cut up as well, my friend. And just come on over on rib night. We'll have all kinds of. We got chicken. We will have options for you. So yeah, you can skip that pork, but we'll take care of you nonetheless. Oh, I know, I know. Like I said, like I said, just. Even look, just viewing, just viewing the images. It's like you just imagine the the smell and the aura. Just the just the smell of the smoker running. Just just the images, the, the images that the images that are embraced in my brain. Just 
Yeah. Hey, well, we're going to get you over here, and um, I, I look forward to that, my friend. And um, we'll, we'll get you well-fed, trust me, between me, um, our friend over at Baldi's Barbecue, Brian Wheeler, see if we can get some of him. him. Ooh, I went to his place. He's actually, oh, yeah. he's 10 minutes away from my house, actually. Literally 10, oh, okay. 10 well, minutes away. Oh, yes, sir. Ooh, okay. yes. Hey, well, hey, man. We'll meet out there as well. Um, yeah. And then we will definitely uh, chop it up over some uh, barbecue over there as well. But yeah, um, we'll get you taken care of in there. No problem. Oh, no worries. No worries. So, like, have, have you ever put those skills to, like, at, with all the, all the uh, fellow friends and fans you meet with sports? Like, do you, when you go to the tailgate, do you do it oh. yourself? Or, like, do you. Like, do you, do you just save the grilling for a special day? Like, do you, like... you know what? I have not done ribs for a tailgate just because, you know, the ribs that you're seeing do take six hours. So it's one of those things where it's just kind of time and, and all that stuff. So when I do grill at the tailgates, it's usually your basics, you know, more of, uh, you know, wings, burgers, brats, hot dogs, things like that, as opposed to smoking ribs. But if we do get a night game this year, uh, I was thinking about, you know, taking the day, waking up a little early, smoking some ribs to bring down for the tailgate. Because, yeah, I've never done ribs before. So I would like to get some down there and be able to share those with my friends and yourself down there as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean at, at this point, like we, we, we talk, we talk so bleakly, but it, it it could look up. I mean, sports wise, it, it it's a it's a roller coaster, like like life is. So we just and I think I suppose in the last eighteen or twenty months, just with all that's gone on, it's just just the prospect of being able to say, oh, we can get to experience a game. We get to we get to uh, share barbecue. That just even no matter even if they even if they're oh and whatever, that I'm I'm sure just the the thought of that. Uh, elicits a lot of positivity around a lot of people that we both know. Yeah, the tailgates are always really what it's all about. And honestly, it's hard to even to go into the games because the tailgates are so much fun. And, you know, we've been having what I call this this Twitter family. And folks, you know, uh, Alex Micheletti, Sal Spice, uh, Emily, Lizzie. Haley. Um, all these folks that we always interact with. Now we're actually meeting and hanging out and, and you know, kind of getting to know each other on a different level, and it's, it's it's really just been a lot of fun. And the tailgates are a big part of that. You know, you, you've seen me at my gopher tailgates. You've seen all the, uh, you know, especially Sal and and the, and the gang over there, Vikings tailgates and their donut club and all this stuff. So it's it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, one of the reasons I'm glad the Gophers did get back to campus, so we were able to start tailgating. Um, and, and having fun like this absolutely it's it's great to, uh, it's great to have you on again we'll have you we'll obviously have you we'll have you, we'll have to have you on again but i appreciate hey, your time hey we're gonna get you on sports done right too so i've been having some phone issues uh with their system here so i haven't really been able to have guests on but i'm hoping that that'll be fixed that by the end of this weekend like I said, you and, and a whole bunch of other people I got lined up, and I, I cannot wait to share your thoughts with my my people as well. So again, Amir, thank you so much for, for having me on, man. It has uh, truly been an honor. 
The honor, the pleasure and honor is all mine, Vince. I appreciate you coming on again. You take care. All right, take care, and everybody be cool. Go Vikings and go, go, go for